What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chicago Bulls, a cover ridge show. I'm your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, of course, by my good buddy and co-host here, Mr. Trey Hill, to break down a Bulls. Unfortunate loss here, 124 to 130 to the Atlanta Hawks in a game they really should have won, Trey. Uh, I thought there were lots and lots of missed opportunities there. Uh, not the sharpest game the Bulls played. They played well in stretches. Um, the Hawks just hit shots in longer stretches and the Bulls played well, I suppose. I know we say we were going to have a, a, a recap for you here, but uh, I did get the night off from work. So, yeah, for that. But, uh, yeah, Trey, what do you think, man? Pretty winnable game, right? Extremely winnable game. It was nice to see Vucevic and Thompson play together. But what it really boiled down to was the Hawks took care of the ball and they only had five turnovers. The Bulls, in contrast, had 13 and they were able to get to the free throw line, whether, you know, they were all, whether some of it was baiting the refs into it, and, you know, doing the Trey Young type of things. They were able to shoot 28 free throws tonight, whereas the Bulls shot seven. So that's that's the easy way to explain why the Bulls weren't able to pull out a victory. Yeah, um, sloppy with the basketball at times. Um, I'm not going to put this on the refs. I, you know, I. Don't I, I've complained probably more about the refs this season than I have in the past, probably just because I'm doing this show. I never really had to vocalize my thoughts, but um, I, I usually don't put things on refs. And, and I do think that maybe you could make a case that, you know, the Hawks are getting more calls than the Bulls were. I'll point to that last that fourth quarter where uh, I mean, Young, the Hawks do a good job of forcing the refs into calling things. I'm not putting it on the refs yeah. as, as if I want the refs to not blow the whistle. I, I know they have to blow the whistle. It's just that's kind of the Hawks' style. That's what they do, and they do a good job of it. It's how they win games, and that yeah. and the magic of Trey Young. Um, he yeah. was just he was just a closer tonight. Well, I'll point to the um, where where there might be a case here. You know, a lot of people are probably going to point to that fourth quarter uh, with a couple minutes left when Trey Young pretty much traveled with the basketball. They didn't call it. Uh, it led to a bogey three. I don't know why in the world. I, I can't. I don't remember who it was. 
I think it might have been Kobe White was guarding Bogey in the corner and decided to leave Bogey in the corner to double team Trey Young in the middle of the paint with three other Bulls defenders around. After he picked up the dribble, and all of a sudden, you know, now Bogey's hitting a three in the in wide open corner. It's just it's just infuriating. Total lack of uh, lack of awareness there. Um, I don't. Let's hope that's a coachable moment, and yeah. so we don't we avoid that happening come playoff time. But they didn't. That, call- you're right. That was a rough. That was a rough play for whoever it was that was guarding Bogey. Trey did, Trey did travel before that, though. They didn't call it. And then De, uh, Der, uh, DeMar DeRozan traveled the very next play, and they did call it. So uh, there are some cases you can make that, uh, you know, maybe the refs weren't exactly uh, even the whole entire game. But that's tough, tough to do. They're humans. I didn't think they did a terrible job. Um, but, yeah, we are the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls show, and I want to go ahead and just remind you listeners to go please take a moment to follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. It's the single most da- dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth get all your nba news in one handy twitter feed it's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too again that's at ethos fantasy bk on twitter go follow it no i'm just gonna say it differently every time um yeah so i, I loved what i saw from javante green in the opening of the game trey uh his activity in the offense i think he had like the first like five shots on the uh, for the bulls um, just, just energy, man. He only played 21 ish minutes tonight. Like you said, I think part of that's because they, the Bulls wanted to get a look at Vucevic, uh, next to, uh, Tristan Thompson. And that was kind of a mixed bag. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but, but Javante Green, let me give him his flowers real quick. Three or seven from the field, eight points, uh, only two rebounds. So, uh, but his activity, man, uh, I just love what he brings there. I, I wish he probably would have gotten a few more minutes here tonight, but I think uh, the Bulls were trying to experiment a little bit with the double bigs there. Uh, Tristan Thompson. And he Jamar- consistently does that uh, yeah. from game to game, whether it's uh, the game before this one, starting out with the dunk. And I think he had a couple buckets early on. He's an energy guy from the get go. And that's one of the things I love about having him in the starting lineup. Uh, two of three from three pointers also. So uh, yeah, I, I think he just brings that energy and I think we could, probably could have used him in spurts tonight. Also, I was a little surprised they did the double big thing tonight um, without John Collins in the lineup. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously they've got uh, Clint Capella. They didn't even have Nkongu tonight. So uh, I just didn't feel like it was necessary, really. But I did want to see it. And I, I liked what I saw in some in some aspects, uh, especially on the defensive end. I think defensively, it just shores up a lot of our weaknesses with Tristan Thompson, who is just a really stellar communicator on the defensive end. But also he has the ability to trap the pick and roll, uh, which Vooch just does not. And he has the ability to switch and to uh, communicate when he's you know, taking someone's man and saying, hey, go get, you know, go out there and double or, or whatever. Uh, I've got yours. And it's just something that we've sorely missed with Vooch. And I, you know, I don't want to knock Vooch again. Trey, I feel like I'm doing it every week. It's not something that it's just something that some players are excel at. We saw Joakim Noah in Chicago, obviously, was one of the be- best people we've seen do it here. Um, but it's just not something that Vooch has in his skill set, right, is being able to communicate that backline defense. Not only that, but. So what it what it's what I saw was they were still pulling Vooch out to the perimeter mm-hmm. by using his guy to set the screen, but having Tristan Thompson on the back line, having a, a legit rim protector who is a you know a legitimate shot blocking threat. It's not Tyler Cook back there, but it's also not Tony Bradley. He's uh, Thompson's just much more athletic. You know he he can cover a lot more ground and he can he can help Vooch recover whenever he gets tangled in those pick and rolls. So. To me, I don't even see it as Thompson offering something that Vucevic doesn't. I think if you swapped their positions, if if you pulled Thompson out into the pick and roll, I think Vucevic he's a little bit you know he's a little bit slower, but he also is a little bit bigger. I think he'd be able to cover the back line about just as well. 
To me, I think it's having those two rim protectors out there because when you pull Vucevic out that far, if Thompson's not the guy out there, you have DeMar DeRozan as your guy protecting the rim, and that's like not having a rim protector at all. Yeah, and we've seen what happens with that, um, you know, in that screen and roll. Even if we guard the pick and roll first action well, somebody will inevitably cut to the basket, and there's just absolutely no resistance there at the basket, and they just get wide open dunks and layups all day, every day, forever and ever and ever, uh, ad infinitum. However you say that. So no. And uh, Tristan Thompson solves that problem. He he will yes. he will get down there and he will contest shots. And Vucevic recovers pretty well. He's good at reading. Uh, he's good at reading the defenses and be, getting in the correct spot. He's just not the most athletic guy. So the downside. Uh, the downside is the offensive end. Uh, just a weird fit, obviously. Um, I know I was talking a little bit with uh, Will Gottlieb. I think you pronounce it uh, on Twitter here uh, and. Just discussing, you know, when Tristan Thompson is the role guy, he's the guy setting the screen and rolling to the basket. You've got Vooch basically posting up in the corner uh, for the three-point shot and trying to attempting to space the floor. So, uh, doesn't necessarily uses uses uh, use Vooch's skill set to his maximum ability, uh, but it is something. Did you, you did you catch the time where they both like Vucevic had the ball kind of like extended out from the post and Tristan was on the post? And they both kind of posted up at the same time. It was it was very <laughs> awkward. Um, so I don't think I don't think this is a long term solution. I think it's something you can do in small spurts. I think it's something you can do if you play teams like um, you know Cleveland uh, or teams that have multiple bigs. Uh, if you played Boston, uh, if they have Horford and Robert Williams out there at the same time, I think it's something you can pull out there. Um, but I don't think it's something that we want to do. Uh, you know, it's not like we're starting Tristan Thompson now, power forward. That's just that's just not going to happen. Um, no. So here, here's my here's my breakdown of it. Did you did you feel like you enjoyed the combination the the twin towers combination more in the first half than the second half? Yeah, I think I did. I, I think the reason for that is in the first half, Demar Derozan wasn't <clears throat> on the floor with them. And DeMar doesn't offer that three-point spacing, neither does Thompson. But when they did it in the first half, DeMar was on the bench, and it was Zach Levine, um, was it Troy I want to say Troy Brown and uh, maybe Kobe White, all guys that spaced the floor. And Vucevic also spaces the floor. So Thompson being the only guy that yeah. wasn't a three-point shooter, it really opened up the – those guys had to guard the three-point line a little bit. So what it really opened up, I thought, was the ability for Thompson to crash the boards. Whereas when Demar is in there and he's you know he's pulling everyone into that mid range, it kind of it takes away some of the advantage. So to me, I think if you're going to try and maximize the Thompson Vucevic lineups, you surround Thompson with four shooters and you give him that space down low to just kind of be you know active all the time and like a, a supersized Javante Green. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M 
Noom.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, it's just that we don't, you know, when we have our starters out there, it's not like necessarily, like you said, not necessarily the ideal thing, but, uh, it can work. And I think that you're right. And hopefully that's something that the Bulls coaches and, and, uh, you know, something that they'll pull from the tape and, and learn from is that when you do have those shooters out there, maybe you can throw a Matt Thomas out there also. He didn't get into the game tonight, but, um, you know, if you need some more shooting or more spacing, that's a guy I would look at also. So, um, just more spacing for him. I thought Troy Brown obviously had a really good game. He shot three from three from the field, hit all three shots. All three of them were three pointers. Uh, that's exactly what we need from him in limited minutes. You know, he's played about 15 minutes, um, hitting your shots, uh, being active. I think he grabbed two boards and one of them was offensive. Uh, so he did grab an offensive board there, uh, had a steal. So just being active, uh, putting in your minutes and being efficient when you do get a chance to shoot the basketball. Uh, that's what we need from Troy Brown Jr. He did a, well, a pretty good job tonight, but, um, but yeah, a bit of a mixed bag with that uh, with that uh, double big lineup tray. I, I like I said, I, I don't mind it in small stretches and against certain matchups, but I just don't think it's going to be something we do a whole lot. Um, you know what really ticks me off, Trey, and it's happened to us a whole lot, is getting beat down the floor on made baskets. What is with that? We make a basket. Even on free throws, I've seen it happen against the Bulls. We make a basket, and you would think we know because we've learned since third or fourth grade. You know, hey, I make a basket, I run back on defense. But it's just, it's we just keep getting beat. I know NBA teams try to, uh, you know, capitalize on that and get the ball out quickly. But it, does that frustrate you as much as it frustrates me? It does. If I wanted to try and give them an excuse, they've played a lot of minutes with how many injuries they've had. So they're tired. <clears throat> so, you know, sometimes they're, they're going to get beat down the court. But no, and Atlanta especially, it seems like they were really get, taking advantage of the of the transition three. It seemed like a lot of their, th- you know, three-point makes were coming off of just running down the court, forcing the Bulls to collapse into the paint, and just kicking out to wide-open shooters. Yeah, that transition three really, did, really killed us. And um, just again, you know, lack of communication, lack of awareness on the Bulls' part as far as that goes. Um, and, and you know, I say that, you know, from, sitting from the couch, I'm not an NBA player, obviously. It's not the easiest thing in the world. It's not like. 
and this is uh, there, there's other stuff that I think that they missed that is easy, but this this uh, finding shooters in transition is probably one of the hardest things to do at the NBA level. You see it all the time. Every single NBA game, you see open shooters, you know, getting to the three point line and getting wide open shots in transition because it's just hard. It's hard to say, should I take this guy? Should I, you know, sink to the basket and guard this guy that's, you know, cutting to the basket for a layup or a dunk? Um, there's a lot of question marks in your mind when you have that out there. So your body uh, and able to fully commit to making a choice in the moment is really difficult because you have to have a quick mind and a quick body uh, to do both things. I don't have that. So I can't criticize these guys too much. Uh, I, don't, I definitely don't have the quick body part. Maybe I have the quick mind part, but I definitely don't have the quick body part. But yeah, uh, a little bit frustrating, but the, the Hawks really did a great job um, capitalizing on that. Um, I thought Zach Levine looked really, really good again tonight, uh, Trey. You know, I know we got those comments uh, over the last few days that he said, you know, his, his knee's not 100%. It's not going to be 100% this season. I saw a lot of people on Bulls Twitter, Trey, freaking out uh, about this, saying if we don't have a full 100% Zach Levine, we're not going to stand a chance in the playoffs, which I think is absolute bullshit. Um, I don't think I believe that at all. I think if we have an 85 90% Zach Levine, I think it's totally fine. I think he's looked great in the games he's been out there. Uh, what, what does he look like to you, Trey? I, I mean, are you seeing what I'm seeing, or does he look like he's hobbled out there? I think he looks fine. And when it comes to playoff time, you get more rest. There's more time in between games. And it sounds like Zach's problem is he ha- he plays a game and then it swells up. And then, you know, he has to go for treatment. So when it comes to the back-to-backs or having four games in five nights, that's just not something where you want to put that wear and tear on it. But come playoff time, those aren't, the, you know, that's not the schedule. So as long as he can get to the playoffs, I think we're going to get 90, you know, 90% Zach Levine, you know, maybe even 95%. And that's absolutely fine, man. I, I, you know, I've been saying it for a while now and you agree with me, I believe, but you know, he's not the most, he is the star of the team and we want him to, you know, take the shots and the big time shots and take big time shots. But he, you know, that's not the entirety of the game. Um, and, and he's not the most important piece of this bulls puzzle. Uh, I would put Vooch up there as maybe the most important piece. I'm going to put Lonzo Ball uh, and, and uh, Patrick Williams up there too. But I think uh, Lonzo Ball would probably be my answer as far as the most important piece. We're just missing that spacing so much. A guy that can space and also play some point of attack defense would just be – that would solve all so many of our problems right now. Um, and Zach's not that guy. And I love Zach. He's a very gifted offensive player. Um, he's got holes in his game and, and that's okay. You know, he's still an all-star, um, still an all NBA type player. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to win MVP in his career, but Hey, maybe he surprises me. Um, he had his best season last season and we saw really good things, but, uh, I thought he had another good, really good game tonight basically is what I'm trying to say. Um, saw him really creating for others in those first couple quarters, third quarter, Zach Levine is like, is like is equal to fourth quarter DeMar DeRozan. Third quarter, Zach Levine goes out and gets buckets, man. And I'm here for it. And I love seeing that. Um, did have a, it's a like turtle. It's like he takes it takes everything into, you know, he, he figures everything out in the first half on what the team's doing against him. Then he just comes out in the third quarter and puts it on him. And while Zach does have holes in his game and Vucevic, you know, he is our only big that does all of the things that we need in a big for this kind of offense. So, you know, he might be the most vital. I think Zach is the most important part of the offense, having a guy who can create his own shot when there's four seconds left on all three levels and be a threat on all three levels to score like he is. I think that unlocks everything else to work, having him out there. Um, I don't have handy our record with him off the floor, but I know it's probably pretty good, but that's because DeMar DeRozan has saved our butts uh, many times. So I can't necessarily argue with you there, 
But I think that they would be fine even if Zach Levine didn't play in the playoffs. I think we still even would have a chance to win a playoff series. That's what I would put out there. Um, I think they would. I mean, I think they would be fine, but I don't think DeMar would have to make nearly as tough of shots whenever he was playing. And I would also note that I think a lot of the games that Zach missed, how many of those games did Lonzo and Caruso play? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Off the top of my head, we because have to do like right. So like, there's a lot of there's a lot of ifs ifs mm. ands or buts in there. And if you have if you have Demar or Zach and both Lonzo and Caruso, I think that's a better overall team than just having the two scores. So, but I I do think I think I think Zach really unlocks a lot for Demar when he's able to be out there. I think Demar gets higher quality shots if nothing else. Zach Levine, 22 points on 8 of 14 shooting, 4 of 7 from beyond the arc, 2 of 2 from the line, 7 assists, and 4 turnovers. A um, few too many turnovers. He did have a turnover there with about, I believe, 4 minutes left in the fourth quarter, uh, where we've seen it before when he tries to dribble with his left hand. I don't know if that thumb is still bothering him. I don't think it is. He said it's completely healed, but um, seems to be making turnovers on that left hand when he tries to start his dribble with that, start his drive uh, with that quite often this, this season. There's 7... So. They're seven and five without Zach on the court. Ah, so, so, so not so too right good. about five. Yeah, right about five hundred. Um, one thing I did notice also, Trey, this was in the first quarter, just kind of watching both teams on offense. It's just kind of funny to me. I'm laughing because I'm looking at the spacing uh, on the Hawks offense as opposed to the spacing on the Bulls offense. It's like night and day, man. Because you've got Trey Young, you've got Kevin Horder. Uh, out there and some other guys that can just uh, bogey that can just step, you know, basically a foot behind the three point line and just yak them all day. Uh, the Bulls have Zach Levine that can do that. Um, he doesn't really shoot it from out there that often, but he can do that. He has. Um, and, you know, that that's basically it. I mean, you have Lonzo Ball when he's healthy. But right now he's out, obviously. So you just watch the spacing on both sides. Just go back if you have league pass like I do. Uh, go back and watch that first quarter and just look at the spacing that the Hawks are able to create with that that kind of a threat from the deep that they have. You'll just see there's so much open space in the center of the floor. The Bulls just don't have that. So we got to get Lonzo Ball back, man. That helps our spacing. I so. <laughs> Io will shoot above the you know outside the corner, um, but other than that, like. Javante Green, I feel like he likes to shoot in the corners. Troy Brown Jr., I, almost all of his shots, I think, come from the corner. So when you when you can't stretch, you know that vert, you know vertically up above the three point line, you know you can only stretch so far in the corners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's just it's just fine to me. Um, just seeing and and then it's even more impressive when you see that to think about what Demar Derozan has done and where he gets his buckets from, which is right right in that clutter f clutter crap of people that are right in the middle of the lane which is just, it's just so impressive speaking of demar Derozan, um not getting the whistle lately man he was getting that whistle early and often all the way up through the all-star break basically and since the all-star break he's they've i don't know if they're just getting more into playoff mode or something trey but hasn't been getting those calls right no i he hasn't and I know I've heard people, you know, kind of rumblings about complaining about people getting, you know, too many, too many free throws now and, you know, towards the second half of the season. The beginning of the season, guys weren't getting calls for anything. And I really enjoyed the kind of physical basketball we had towards the beginning of the year. It's kind of, you know, faded back. It's kind of regressed a little bit. It's still, they're still, you know, not nearly as bad as it was last year, but it's not quite like it was at the beginning of the season. So, I don't know if DeMar is the only person who's not getting the calls he was getting earlier in the year, but he's one of the most affected, I would think. Yeah. 
Um, it's been a little frustrating just because it just yeah, it just seems inconsistent based on you know what we saw earlier uh, in the season. But I liked what he did. Uh, I liked how he handled it better in this game trade than than last game, obviously where he got the technical fouls. Um, this game, I felt like he just played his game wasn't as frustrated by the non calls. Uh, he got up and just played through it. So that's what I want to see from him. Uh, whether you get the call or not, you can complain in between plays. But you know when the play is happening on the court uh, or when things are really heated, I'd like to just see him have a level head about it. And I think, uh, he, I think he did that tonight. So I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, that was better tonight. I, I was trying to look up DeMar's free throw attempts the first half of the year. So up until January 14th, he was shooting 7.6 free throws a game. Mm-hmm. And then of course it's not, there we go. <laughs> And now he's averaging four. No, I don't know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say five point eight. No, no, I'm gonna say six point two. Six point two? Yeah, it's my official guess. All right. Now if I could only get it to work right. Of course it's not gonna work right. <laughs> well, we're gonna say he's averaging six point two now, and I'm absolutely upset about that. Uh no, it's okay. Uh, How speak- about instead of six point two, eight point five? So he's actually averaging <gasps> a free throw more. The last, the last 21 games. Well. So maybe it's just uh, we're just complaining because the Bulls have been losing and we feel like he needs to be getting more calls. But I do feel like he he has been complaining a little bit more. You mentioned you know he got the technical fouls the other night. I do feel like he has been complaining more to the refs, and he's not a guy who usually complains. So mm-hmm. I I think there's some validity to what we were saying. I think so too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with. Yeah, I'm going to go with I'm, I'm always right. So uh, <laughs> no, I, I always do. Um, so, uh, oh, gosh, what was I going to say? Oh, so uh, Tristan Thompson, before the game, we saw that um, Twitter post, right, of him uh, taking those right, right-handed right uh, jumpers five feet out from the basket and putting a brick after brick after brick. I think it was five or six bricks in a row. Uh, and people were kind of laughing at him on Twitter. Tonight, in an actual game situation, Trey, he hit his first two shots from that range. I don't know if they're left-handed or right-handed. I think they're both left-handed probably, but uh, it doesn't matter. He hit them and uh, pretty happy about that. So it uh, just goes to show you, obviously, that uh, even though if you, even though in practice you might be missing that shot, working on it and getting up the reps is important. So I think it was kind of blown out of proportion uh, that he was missing all those shots. So wouldn't you agree? <laughs> I would, though. Whenever I watched all those bricks the first time, it just made me think, and man, we give Vooch a hard time. <laughs> but no, I was really happy for him because if he came out and missed the first two and they'd been breaks also, I feel like then it would have continued to be something, you know, it would have continued to be a thing on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Whereas the fact that he knocked down those first two, yeah, it was funny. It happened before the game and then it was over with. So yeah. Haha, it, it, it was a good chuckle, and now we get to move on. We get to move on in our lives and uh, talk about more exciting things like our brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos when you sign up to get 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night, score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos, E-T-H-O-S, over at thrivefantasy.com. 
Um, so yeah, but uh, Tristan Thompson, I mean, he he had some positive minutes tonight, man. I'm really becoming a fan of his as far as uh, backup big minutes go. It's so so nice to have a backup big that is uh, competent at both scoring the basketball and defending the basketball, more so the defense. Um, obviously, he's got a limited offensive game, but he man he. He's always active out there, and I saw at least twice tonight that he drew a foul uh, while working the boards on Capella one, and the other one was was somebody else. But um, just that kind of activity is, again, a dimension that we've been missing, Trey. So, uh, you know, no reason to ever play Tony Bradley again, and unless it's tomorrow when we're playing the Bucks and he's out there to, to give uh, Grayson Allen a little elbow to the face, right? <laughs> yeah, that, he's he should start, really, is where Tony Bradley's at with this. But no, Tristan Thompson... And he's only 30, so I think it was a good move for AK to get him. Maybe he might be able to stick around for the next couple of years. And really, I think him and Vucevic seem to, other than that one play I mentioned earlier, I think if they could play together a little bit and get a rhythm, Vucevic is such a good passer that I think they could really work well together and do some do some quality things on offense whenever DeMar's not on the court. Especially, especially when Demar's not on the court and they have the space to work. Yeah, um, I don't disagree. The Bulls are really moving the ball tonight too, Trey. Thirteen. I know they had thirteen assists on their first sixteen baskets. They end up with uh, let's see, thirty assists on fifty-two baskets. So um, really, really moving the basketball. It wasn't a uh, frustrating game to watch on the offensive end, really. Um, there were times where, obviously, we didn't make a great play, but um, I felt like offensively we did fine. It's just, it's just the defense, man. We give up 130 points. I mean, oh, so frustrating. So, um, But, yeah, really sharing the basketball out there. Um, Trey Young, like we, I think we need to just take a minute and shout out Trey Young. Seven of nine from three, 10 of 10 yeah. from the free throw line, 39 points, 13 assists. They're in the fourth quarter. They were running those like stagger screens at, right at the top of the key. And he was just knocking down daggers to carry his team. And if the Hawks are the team, you know, say the Bulls are the two seed and the Hawks end up making it to the play in and they have to go against the Hawks in the first round. Trey Young is the type of player who can be the best guy on the court in any given game. And he showed that exactly tonight. This, this is the threat that the Hawks are come playoff time, this exact type of game to me. He was ice tray, which is why he was giving his little uh, shivers there with his arms. And, you know, makes me want to go out there and uh, shove him to the ground. But you know what? He was right. Uh, yeah, I got something to say about Trey. I actually did at the end of the uh, show here that might get him back here. But uh, before that, I got a couple more points here, Trey. I did, I did, bash the defense but i did see some good things tonight actually on the defensive end uh earlier in the game uh they did make a, it wasn't a great defensive rotation but a smarter rotation kobe white left delon right open in the corner which is a smart decision to make to go help on a drive from bogey when he blew past uh, tristan thompson so i thought that was a really good decision and that shows some awareness so it's not all bad there um it's just that you know i think it was kobe white that in the fourth that left uh bogey wide open in the corner so you just got to be aware of who that is uh and then I want to go ahead and shout out again, Mr. Ayo Desunmu uh, on his defense on Trey through three quarters. That fourth quarter, obviously, Trey just went bananas. But Ayo through three quarters, just fantastic defense on Trey Young. Uh, face guarding him full court, which I just love to see. There was times when Trey couldn't even get the ball inbounded to him because Ayo is just right in his face. Uh, and, you know, I, you know, I haven't played at the NBA level, Trey. Obviously, I've played basketball before. Um 
when you are a ball handler and you don't get to touch the ball, it is a real mental hurdle for you. It's a real mental block, especially when you're a guy like Trey Young that uh, is so reliant on your offense. And I, that, that's not me, but uh, I've, I've known players like that before. When you don't get to touch the basketball, it's like, you know, man, I have to work to actually even get the ball. It's such a, a huge hurdle. So I want to commend Mr. Ayodesumu on that defense there. Yeah, forcing Trey Young to have to work that hard. And then even when he did work that hard, not being able to get the ball, it's a little demoralizing. It's going to agitate you. And I think you know, up until the fourth quarter, he played great defense. He even played gr- great defense in the fourth quarter. The Hawks were just making it a point to get Trey Young shots. And as soon as he would get, you know, any opening, he was just firing. And he... You know, he drew a couple fouls on Io, especially one. I remember one distinctly when Io was trying to fight over a screen and Trey just stopped and popped just because he knew that Io was going to have to run into him. And, you know, it was a great quarter from a great player. Trey Young, uh, hats off. Congratulations, Hawks, on a good win. And it sucks the Bulls weren't able to pick this one up because the Bucks are going to be motivated. Yeah. You know, they, they just had a great game against Miami. I think they're going to want to continue to be on that role. And they didn't play tonight. We did. So it's yeah. a tough game tomorrow. Second half of a back-to-back. Are we in Milwaukee or Chicago? I don't uh, have I think it's at me. Chicago. Okay. Well, at least we're home. But uh, second half of a back-to-back, though, uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh, that is going to be brutal. I'm hoping the Bulls can pull out a win. Uh, yeah, it looks like we are in Chicago. I'm hoping the Bulls can pull out a win. But that is going to be tough, Trey. I, I agree. So, um, man, uh, we'll see. We'll be back with you tomorrow, though, to talk to break that down. But before we go, before we do go, Trey, I wanted to uh, also pick your brain here and chat with you a little bit about my uh, Twitter post earlier that you liked with Rick Barry commenting about the difference in the games. I don't want to go too much into this. I think there's a lot of different angles you can take with this. Uh, but I did say I was going to mention Trey Young in the same breath here. So one thing that he mentioned, uh, and if you haven't seen it, my, my Twitter is at BSBP Keith. Go there. Uh, scroll down a little bit. I was posting about the Bulls game. But before the Bulls game started, I, uh, I saw this, this uh, comment by Rick Barry about how the game used to be played versus how it's played now. So he's talking about offensive screen or screens being set, right? And how the screener needs to be set and how basically uh, even that verbiage is wrong because you don't set a screen. Um, you're supposed to basically just be a stationary object and go to a spot on the floor and stand there. And the ball handler is the one that actually runs their guy off of you uh, to make that screen work. Because nowadays you got people when they're trying to set a screen, they're actually actively trying to set a screen and they are moving their feet oftentimes when they go to set that screen. And I think it's really uh, I don't th- I don't disagree with the fact that it's changed. I don't really care about that. Uh, I just think that, you know, it, it happens all the time now. And it, it's really consistent the way it's called. when We're talking about moving screens and, and offensive fouls on screens. Um, so what that brings me to is basically, you know, I, I think that I agree with him in that sense. I think it's a different game. I think it's really stupid to compare people from from past generations to this generation. But if you look like a guy, at a guy like Trey Young, I think that Trey Young would really struggle in the older NBA where it was more physical. You could put hands on the ball handler. Um, right now, you're talking about how the how the Hawks win basketball games with you know basically baiting the refs into calling fouls. I think he would have really struggled back in the 80s and 90s. What do you think? I mean, if you take this Trey Young and he's able to shoot from the logo, I think NBA teams are going to – I think he's going to just blow them away because teams aren't going to know what to do. But uh, who was the who was the guy who did that real early on uh, in the early 90s? Sharif? Um, uh, Abdul Rahim? Was that his – is that, that that's what I wanted to For say. For the Hawks? Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's not like it was an unprecedented situation, but Trey – 
Well, here's the thing, Trey. I don't think Trey Young would struggle because he's so good at manipulating defenses. So, like, running that pick and roll. And back then, you didn't, you know, you had to play man-to-man. So he would have been able to run a pick and roll, get a center isolated on him, and then they would have wouldn't have been able to double him. So I think Trey Young would have been just fine back then. He probably would have scored just fine, but I, I you know, back then even you could uh, basically undercut a guy that was making jump shots. So that's something he would have to deal with too. I think you know it, it's obviously again this is just it's a dumb conversation. This is all for entertainment, not not necessarily something you can even quantify or, or really talk about totally logically. Um, so I think he would have adjusted. Is basically what I'm saying. I mean, human beings are human beings, and they adjust to the situations that they're given. And a talented basketball player is a talented basketball player, but. Uh, Having the size that he has and, uh, you know, I think he relies a lot on the whistle right now. I would like to see him play in a, in, a, in a game like that that's more physical and just see how he adjusts to it because I think he probably could. But uh, I think he might struggle, struggle a little bit, man. So I don't know. Just my, my personal opinion, again, not something you can even really say definitively one way or another. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm just going to say that to uh, tick off Hawks fans, I guess, because, you know, I'm mad at them. So there you go. <laughs> Oh, no, that's. I think he would definitely struggle a little bit on the defensive end, but you, is he going to, you know, is he going to try and put on more weight if he's playing back then? You know, I, it's, there's so many different variables. Right. It's, it's very hard for me to take guys and move them back. It's a lot easier for me to try and imagine like moving them forward. Like, you know, pretending Larry Bird got to move to today and had today's advancements, I think he'd just be an absolute monster. You know what we should do, Trey? I know we're going to plan on doing a, a longer show on, on Saturday, I believe, uh, sometime this weekend. But what we should do is we should bring a LeBron James stand onto the show and talk and have the GOAT conversation. We should just have the GOAT conversation. It's hanging out there. Everyone knows it's MJ, Le- MJ LeBron. Some people want to say Kobe, whatever, fine. Maybe we'll have a Kobe stand on here, too. But, no, uh, we should, we I, should. I don't know. <laughs> not I, even going to entertain not, that. We, not not take, entertain. we do not entertain the, <laughs> even the notion that Kobe was the third best player ever. He wasn't even better than Tim Duncan. So we should have the GOAT conversation. But anyways, until that happens and until next time, until tomorrow when we talk to you guys again, quickly before we sign off, I want to also remind you all to use coupon code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBP Keith. Trey, where can the people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. And of course, please follow the show, guys, at Eat Those Bulls. Please, please, please go follow it. Until next time, go Bulls. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.